In the Easter story, there's a famous line which is not often talked about. Today, says Jesus to the criminal on the cross next to him, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. How do you think of that? Perhaps it's like that psalm that Rian read, the one about praising God on strings and pipes on iTunes and Spotify. The one that finishes up like this, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Paradise, a place that breathes praise of the divine. Or maybe it's like the other reading, the one Crispin did, a kind of hallucinogenic vision of John, who was an early Christian mystic, who sees Jesus returning to a new earth, this time as an eternal hero, riding clouds of glory. If you explore our triptych, that big three-panelled painting at the back of the chancel over there, you see one interpretation of paradise. It's a picture of heaven at the end of time. It has all kinds of ordinary people in it. Some of us are painting or listening to music. Some of us are wearing badges, spectacles, Converse All-Stars. It's 25 years old now, but if it was painted today, the saints would have earbuds and their faces would be illuminated by the screens of their iPhones. Luke, our patron saint, is said to be the first artist to paint a portrait of Mary, the mother of God. And if you look closely at that icon, have a look afterwards, you'll see something odd about this scene from paradise. Mary is holding a ball of wool. She's knitting. And this refers to the belief that God's son was knit together in her womb. Right. So I'm going to... uh, use my props in this during this talk. These are quite large knitting needles, which I got from my colleague. Click, 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 click. A woman sits in an armchair on a winter's evening. She's watching a TV talent show. Click, 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 click. She she hears her husband in the next room, and then she remembers she's a widow. He died some time ago. Her children have not called recently, But anyway, she knows that they love her. Click, 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 click. The woman is making this noise, which is barely audible, so I'm amplifying it for effect, by using these knitting needles in conjunction with this, obviously. I'll put that out of the way now. A ball of wool. In such a way that if a new baby were to arrive among her family or friends, she would be able to produce small handmade garments like, let's have a look. Um, Yes, like this, for example, a little hat. Or this, a bigger hat. (laughs) I want you to know what I'm talking about, so I'll put it on. (laughs) Or even, eventually, something like this. A massive shawl. I'll put these here because I don't want to distract from the seriousness of the occasion. (laughs) The woman may do this for hours, several nights of the week, sometimes also in the day. She enjoys the doing of it. She enjoys the being of it. And as she knits, one part of her mind sees a pattern which is translated in hidden signals to her fingers as they move. She no longer needs to say the prayer that she once repeated religiously when her grandmother taught her to knit. In, over, through, off. In, over, through, off. In another part of her mind, she may hear a silent rhythm. Knit one, pearl one, knit one, pearl one. 
But at the same time, her mind is also thinking of other things. She thinks of her mother, who taught her to knit, or maybe her grandmother, click, click. She wonders if she'll teach her own grandchildren to knit, click, click. She wonders how her neighbor is doing after that fall, if her sister will come to visit next week, if the weather will cheer up, click, click. She doesn't know she is drawing on an invisible tradition passed down through generations of knitting women from the 15th century, and before that from generations of fishermen who sat by the shore knotting and knitting string into nets, which would catch fish from the sea, click, click. Earlier in the evening, the woman had been feeling a little sorry for herself, a bit cross about the cold she can't get rid of, about the way her sight is going, about the way she can't remember where she's put things when she's put them down. Click, click. She's feeling better now. The repetitive and rhythmic nature of the knitting is relaxing. She's engaged in a kind of meditation, and the compassionate intent of her knitting infuses it with a spiritual quality. Of course, the woman doesn't know this, but also she does. Hour after hour, she works, and sometime later, depending on the interruptions, she produces something maybe like this. How's that? On or off, she might have put in 30 or 40 hours. She wasn't counting. If you set aside her skill and experience, her commitment to good quality, the personalized nature of this garment, if you set all this aside and if you pay her the minimum wage, of £8.21 an hour, you'd have to put this jumper on sale for £246. But a similar jumper, warmer, more durable, stain-resistant, is on sale in Primark for £12.99. So in economic terms, the woman's efforts are comical. She is not viable. Her work is unsustainable. She's not a going concern, and she never will be. Click, click. 430 years ago, in 1589, Queen Elizabeth was right. The Queen was approached by a minister, the Reverend William Lee. He was an inventor, and he showed her his prototype knitting machine. He wanted the Queen to give him a patent, but the Queen refused. She said it would put ordinary knitting women out of work. But it's hard to stop technological progress, and in time, knitting was industrialized anyway. Still, this doesn't make any difference to the woman in the armchair. She doesn't care that she can buy a cheaper, better, stronger jumper, because she isn't producing a cardigan. She's making a gift. She loves the process of creation, the thought that someone she loves will wear something that she made. It will bring her joy. Click, click. At the end of a season in which his team have won nothing again, a football fan asks, why do we do this? Why do football fans follow teams who never win anything, season after season? They don't do it to get there, because most teams just never get there. They do it to go there. They don't do it to arrive, they do it to travel. Perhaps some of you are, who are a little older can recall the 20th century, that was the one before this one, when futurologists predicted what life would be like in this one, the 21st century. They promised that we wouldn't waste time and energy preparing meals or even eating them. Instead, we would consume the optimum nutritional fix in a tablet, washed down with a glass of water. In a TV advert for Smash, for Mash Get Smash, a spaceman ate his lamb chops and peas in the form of tablets. 
and for pudding, astronauts in cartoons would pop tasty apple pie in pills. Well, now we're in the future that they promised, so why aren't we doing that? We don't do that because everything isn't functional. Some of the best things in life are incidental, accidental. Eating, for example, is not just about nutrition, it's about contemplation and conversation. It's about community and company. Our lives are defined by the diversions that we take, as much as the destinations that we set out for. It's not all about where we are heading, but how we'll get there and who we'll travel with. Now, we may hold images of paradise as some future destination, but the geography of paradise stretches all the way back into this present moment if we stop to notice it. The end of all our exploring, as the famous poet put it, will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. The place that we are looking for is here. Paradise could be defined as that realm where we experience the divine presence, and that might be right here, right now. But if we fail to recognize paradise in this present, then in the future, we'll walk straight past it. Stand back and consider your days, the people that you spend time with, where your body lives, where your heart longs to be. Can you see someone lonely who needs a friend? Can you see someone who will divert you from your destination? Someone who's in your way, someone who's going to hold you up? Someone being ignored because of their race or gender or different abilities? Can you see a community who need what you have to get them to the next place? Those are the moments when paradise is waving at us, trying to get our attention, when the divine is present with us. What do we sing in that song just now? Lo, I am with you in the struggle for peace. Lo, I am with you when you suffer for love. Paradise is not about what we have produced or built or achieved. It's not defined by arriving, but by how we travel and who we choose to travel with and what they help us to see. It is not economically viable, but it is often joyful, even when it goes wrong, even when it's painful. Paradise has its own quiet, insistent, steady rhythm, in, over, through, off, in, over, through, off. I knitted you together in your mother's womb, says God in the book of Psalms, and still she knits everything together. And on those occasions when we become a diversion in the mind of God, we see paradise. Click, click. Thank you. <laughs>